Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 101 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are talking about how to tame the scale. That age-old nemesis of so many people, I'm going to teach you how to actually use the scale so it works for you, not against you. But first, if you're just joining me, let me introduce myself. I'm Siobhan Key. I am a weight loss coach for physicians. I help physicians who struggle with stress or binge eating find freedom from those behaviors without relying on willpower so that they can reach whatever goal they're working on. If that sounds like something that you would benefit from, check out my website at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab. It'll give you lots of information about the different options you have of getting that extra level of support with your own stress or binge eating. And I've got to tell you that extra support, that different approach that coaching takes and that I use with my clients versus the age-old diet approach that you have been on, it changes everything. I just got an email from one of my clients this weekend saying how much she's had improvements, not only in her eating, but just in her overall life and her relationships and how she's enjoying work. And that's not just one person. That happens all the time because that's what coaching does. By coaching to address stress and binge eating, we automatically improve everything else that's going on because you have to because this stress and binge eating is a symptom of all the other stuff that's going on. So imagine that, reaching your weight loss goals, but not doing it through struggle and feeling like everything else feels so much better. It's just win-win, which is why I love it so much. So if you're interested in finding out more, just head over to the website. It's a brand new website. I just got it updated. There's lots of information there about myself and my approach to coaching. Any questions, feel free to send them to me at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. All right, let's talk scales. Now, throughout my own weight loss journey, the scale has played all different roles for me. It has been my judge. (laughs) It has been my tormentor and it has been the thing that I avoid. So through my weight loss journey, if the scale was showing what I thought I wanted it to show, it made me feel happy, elated. I couldn't wait to step on it when it showed me things I didn't want to see. It had the power to make me feel sad, low, dragged down, made me question all my goals. And when I thought my behaviors weren't aligning with something that would give the scale good news to report, well, then I just stopped stepping on the scale. I would be like an ostrich with their head in the sand and stop looking at the number because I knew that what I was eating would add up to more weight gain. And I, I guess I had this feeling that if I just didn't look at it, it might not actually be happening. 
And I think too, back then, I felt so powerless about the actual behaviors. I didn't know why I was doing them and I didn't know how to stop them. And so just having a number tell me I wasn't measuring up and I wasn't figuring it out wasn't really helpful. So I would avoid it. But the problem with that old ostrich with the head in the sand issue is that when you finally do step on the scale, the news is often worse than what you wanted. So we're talking about weight regain. If you are avoiding the scale, then by the time you do step on it, often there's been a lot more weight regain than if you are able to just continually measure yourself on a regular basis. So that's been my journey swinging from obsessively weighing myself multiple times a day to not weighing myself for months and hoping that what I thought would happen on the scale didn't actually happen. And yet it always did. Now I generally weigh myself most days and I generally don't really let it affect me that much. It doesn't interrupt my day. And I'm going to explain to you how I take that approach and why I think working on this is a really important piece of long-term weight loss. So let's talk about what the scale is actually measuring. A scale measures your gravitational pull on Earth at that specific moment in time. It measures nothing else. It's your gravitational pull on Earth at that specific moment in time. But what do we think it's measuring? What power do we give to that scale in the number that's on it? Well, we generally think that that scale is measuring our worth. That what that number is reflects something about us and our worth. We think that the scale is measuring our potential for success, that what that number is tells us whether or not we're going to be successful and whether or not we're going to reach our goals. We think that it predicts our chance of failure, which is kind of the flip side of that, where depending on what the number says, it might be predicting something that we wouldn't otherwise be aware of. And we think that it is telling us the impact of yesterday or today's choices, that it's reflecting work we've done in the short term. Now, none of those are true. Our scale does not measure our self-worth. It tells us nothing about our self-worth because your self-worth is not related to your size or your weight in any way, shape, or form. It does not tell us about our success or our failure risk because your chances of success and your risk of failure have only to do with how you think about things. It's how you approach it and how you continue to figure it out. And like we've talked about on other episodes, is failure really a risk or is failure actually just part of the process? Is there such thing as true failure if you take the approach of just always figuring it out and not quitting? I believe that failure comes when we give up, when we get in our heads and we get all sorts of thoughts going about how we're not going to make it, that's where the failure is born. It's not born in anything the scale can tell us. It's what we make the scale mean that creates failure. So the scale itself measures our gravitational pull on earth in one moment in time. And if you have been like I have at different times of my life where you have weighed yourself multiple times in the day, you know that that gravitational pull on earth can change from hour to hour. There are so many different things that influence it that have nothing to do with your body fat because I can tell you with certainty from a medical standpoint, our body fat is not changing hour to hour. But no wonder it can feel so polarizing because we are giving so much power to that scale. We are making that number mean so many different things. And as I mentioned, 
it is measuring more than just our body fat. There's different things that can make our weight fluctuate. We all know this. We know that muscle mass weighs different than fat mass. We know that fluid retention changes our weight. And yet in that moment when we're standing on the scale and it's blipped up and we don't think it should have, we don't really often cut ourselves slack about that. We struggle with the ability to just say, ah, it's probably just a bit of shift in fluid and move on with the day. And yet that's what we need to learn to do. We need to be able to accept that that one measurement in that one moment of time tells us nothing about our weight loss process. What tells us about the weight loss process is the trend. So one measurement on the scale tells us just at that exact moment what your weight is. It's the trend that will actually tell us over the long term is what we are doing to try to lose weight or manage our weight, is it working? Are we seeing the results that we actually want to see? That we will get from the trend. We don't get that from one measurement. There's too many variables that affect that one measurement. So people have very strong opinions about the scale. There are people who weigh themselves really regularly and feel they couldn't lose weight without weighing themselves. There's people that go on to the flip side of that and weigh themselves multiple times in the day. And then there's people that suggest never weighing yourself because it can have such emotional impact. Now, I want to suggest that we can be in the middle of the road. What I want to suggest is that if you manage your own mind, if you work on how you're thinking about that number, then you can step on the scale Let it just be a data point. Add it to the rest of your data points so you can start seeing the trend when you want to look at it. But then you can move on with your day. So picture this. This is what I want for you. Picture stepping on the scale and no matter what the number says, you just get off the scale and you move on with your day. There's no extra baggage that you carry with you through that day about the scale. It does not affect your mood. It doesn't affect anything else in the day and it doesn't affect your actions. It doesn't change what you're eating. And that's a big point because one of the problems when we're working on long-term weight loss and we get wrapped up in scale drama is when we step on the scale and it throws our mood off when we don't like the number that we see, what do we end up doing? A lot of us would end up overeating. We would look at that number and go, well, it's not working anyways. I may as well just eat this. But the interesting thing with scale drama is that it can actually affect you the other way. So you can step on the scale, you can be elated by the number that you see, and yet it can mess up your eating and you can eat foods you didn't plan on eating because you have thoughts about it of, look how fantastic I'm doing. I've worked so hard. I may as well eat this. So both sides of the coin of the scale can mess you up. And that's where finding the neutral position where the scale can just be data And you can just worry about the trend that the scale is showing you, not the individual numbers. That's where it is so important. So why do I think you should be weighing yourself? Why do I not suggest just don't weigh yourself? Well, I think with long-term weight loss, we need to have some measurements so we can see trends and we can keep our brains focused on what we're working on doing. So any goal that you're working on, if you don't have ways that you check in repeatedly for your goal, chances are you're not going to make much progress on them. So if you think about the perspective where I would have felt I was working on losing weight, but I had stopped weighing myself, the goal of the losing weight was not forefront in my mind anymore. And so what would happen is 
my food choices wouldn't really seem to matter as much because that goal wasn't in the forefront of my mind. So those little bits, the little choices off plan didn't matter because I wasn't repeatedly checking in on that goal. So I do think there is a lot of benefit in weighing yourself regularly so that your brain stays focused on the goal. And I say this to my coaching clients and my obesity medicine clients in the example of their coaching sessions or the group coaching sessions or my group medical visits is that showing up, I think, helps you out more from the standpoint of your brain staying focused on the goal and understanding that this is still important for me. Sometimes it's more important in that regards than whatever content or whatever things I talk about. Now, I think the content's really important too, and we cover a lot of good stuff, but it's that showing up no matter what else is happening, telling your brain, this is important to me, no matter what has gone on, I'm going to keep checking in with this, is really powerful en route to a goal. And that's what your scale can be at home is It can be you stepping on it and saying to your brain, no matter what happened yesterday, no matter what I ate, this is still important to me. This is still a priority. I'm going to see what the number is and then write it down and move on. And I'm going to stay focused on my goals. Now, that's very different from saying I have to weigh myself. And if that number is high because of the stuff I ate yesterday, then I'm going to have to be really tough on myself throughout the day. Those two are very different things because as we talk about it almost every episode, the being tough on yourself thing doesn't work. The beating yourself up about food that you've already eaten doesn't work. It just makes you want to eat more. It just pushes you further from your goals. So weighing yourself every day is not a method of beating yourself up. It's a method of just keeping your brain focused on what you're trying to do and what goals you are trying to reach. Okay, so how do you do this? Well, ultimately, the number needs to be neutral. Whatever that number is on the scale, it has to be neutral. And that number is neutral. Now, here's my math. Here's why I can say that to you with confidence, even though it might not feel true to you, is two different people stepping on the scale and seeing the exact same number will have very different thoughts and very different feelings about it. And I like to use the example of, say, 200, because it's such a classic number for people on both sides of the equation. But so if one person steps on the scale and sees 200, their thoughts might be, oh, I can't believe I got here, and I should never have let myself cross the 200 mark. And they may feel really upset and feel really down about that number. Somebody else may step on that scale, see 200, and be, I cannot believe I got here. I can't believe I'm finally at 200. And they may feel so proud of themselves and so positive. They would have a totally different reaction. So it's really important to note that that number is not what gives the reaction. It's the thoughts about the number. And this is true even in yourself. If you think through your weight history, there's probably numbers that you have been at that have been positive and negative at different times in your life. So a particular number that at one point it was negative and you were so upset that you'd reached it. And another time in your life, that same number was fantastic and you were so happy that you'd reached it again. So the actual number is neutral and we need to practice that and let the number be neutral. Stop giving it so much power over our worth or other definitions about ourselves. And What you have to do to be able to do this is you need to be actively monitoring your thoughts about your weight. So 
when we go to step on the scale, often there's a series of thoughts leading up to it. There's a series of thoughts afterwards. Maybe there's a series of thoughts that night when you're going to bed and you're thinking about stepping on the scale the next day. There's all these thoughts about that number and what it means and what your weight overall means and what the trajectory of your weight means. So you need to pay attention to these thoughts so that you can manage them. And you have to own the fact that you can decide what the scale means. So the scale doesn't get to decide what a number means to you. And yet we've spent our life letting the scale decide, which is uncomfortable. (laughs) It doesn't ever feel good. So taking ownership back, taking ownership that you get to decide what the scale says, not what it says, but what it means when any number comes up, that lets you hold the power and Anytime you can hold the power in a situation, you're better off. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel more in control. So recognizing that you get to decide what the number means, regardless of what the number is. There is no number that's outside of that rule. It's not a, you get to decide what the number means up until this point, and then, whoa, you get past that, you're in trouble. Not at all. No matter what the number says, no matter what you have thought about that number in the past, you can decide today that you're taking back ownership of those thoughts. And that is a really, really powerful place to be. And so I encourage you to work on that. Okay, let's get down to practical tips. If the scale is your nemesis, these are four tips of how to approach it. How do you manage the nemesis of the scale so that you can tame it and it can be a useful tool in your long-term weight loss journey? Number one, Before you ever step on the scale, decide what you will make it mean. Decide what you are going to think when you step on the scale and when you see that number. Now, for some of you, I know that there is so much history of thoughts about the scale wrapped up. This might not be you just momentarily decide what you're going to think about the scale and then you step on it. This might be that maybe you need to do some journaling and some self-coaching type work through the course of a week, maybe multiple weeks. I've had clients need to work on this for multiple weeks before they got to the point where they could step on the scale and feel neutral about it or reasonably neutral. And I think that's important in that when you're working on this, I do think if you haven't done the work yet and you kind of half did the work and you thought, oh, it'll be fine, I'll just think something neutral and you step on that scale, It can set you back just because our reactions to the scale can be so powerful and so reflexive that we just come at ourselves with these horrible, horrible thoughts and horrible feelings. So I do encourage you to take the time you need to do this work and work on deciding what you want to make it mean. What do you want that scale to mean and why? And why is it important that you actually start to shift this? These would be questions you can ask yourself if you're doing some self-coaching and doing some journaling. And I encourage you to write this stuff down because, like I said, this is deeply ingrained thought patterns that if you try and just do it in your head, it's a slippery surface. They're going to shift and move on you. Number two, practice this new thought over and over again. And like I said, even if that means that you delay stepping on the scale for a while. So even if you don't get on the scale, for a week or two, but you're practicing that thought about what that scale means, the new way of viewing what the scale number means, just keep practicing it. The more you practice a thought, it eventually becomes a belief. It might not feel real. It might not feel easy at the first, but it just takes practice to do that. And then 
once you feel ready, when you feel at the point where you can manage your thoughts around it, you feel that it is worthwhile to think these new thoughts and you are going to actively work on it no matter what comes up, then step on the scale. Practice a new thought actively while you're stepping on the scale. And then number four, observe the thoughts that come up. Because even if you've done this work, there are still going to be thoughts that come up. Those reflex thoughts will still show up. Observe them, watch them, maybe even write them down and decide if you want to believe them or not. And that's part of that taking ownership that I was talking about. So if you write down all the thoughts that come up when you step on the scale and a lot of them are nasty and you look at them and you go, hmm, I don't think that's useful for me to believe. That's a lot easier than if you just let those nasty thoughts run around in the back of your head. So write them down, observe them and decide, do these thoughts help me? Are these thoughts ones that I want to continue? Is there benefit to these thoughts? Now, if you're stuck in that spot where you think that there's benefit to the thoughts that really beat you up, that you feel it's going to be better for you to stick to your plan, I encourage you to listen to a lot more episodes because I cover that frequently. But walk through this exercise with me. Think about the thought that's beating yourself up. Ask yourself how you feel when you think that thought. What emotion does it give you? And then ask yourself, what are you likely to do when you feel that emotion? If you feel, say, defeated or like a failure or sad or uh, shame, what are you likely to do? How do you show up when you're feeling that way? How do you show up in progress towards your goals when you feel that way? And almost universally, what you'll find is the beating yourself up thought does not actually make you take action towards your goals. But like I said, if that's a sticking point for you, just keep listening to other episodes. I cover this a ton. Okay, so back to the four steps. Let's summarize them. So number one is before you ever step on the scale, you decide what you're going to make it mean. Number two is you practice that thought over and over again, even if it means that you have to delay stepping on the scale. Number three is you step on the scale when you're ready while actively practicing your new thought. Number four, you take the role of the observer and you see all the other thoughts that come up because they will still come up. It doesn't mean you did this wrong, but you take the role of observer, you write them all down, and then you look at them and decide if you want to keep them or not. And that is taking that ownership role. All right, four steps to taming the scale. And then once you tame it, it can be a very useful tool for you that does not have to harm you in any way. But it might take some practice. It might take doing this over and over again, journaling about it, writing it down. That's totally fine if that's what it takes. Some things just take more practice. Now, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you could take the time to leave a review. I read all the reviews and I really appreciate them. They help the podcast get found. And if you could share it with somebody that you think would enjoy it or share it on your social media, again, it helps other people who need this find it, which I really appreciate. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week.